keep doing this crossing thing. But before we start, I wanted to do a shout out to Danny Garcia, who follows us on Instagram. And Danny Garcia, me. isn't that the Rock's ex-wife? No different Danny? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe. That'd be weird. Uh, they sent us a very nice message on Instagram. Uh, saying, uh, to tell you all the truth, I'm not even an Avengers fan. The only reason I even came up to y'all's podcast was because of Daryl from the X-Factor Files and his little summer annual run that he's currently doing. Oh. Shout out to the X-Factor Files and Daryl and Philip. And if you're not listening to their podcast, I don't I don't know why. Uh, as my sister will tell you, Daryl is the funniest person on our podcast. Wow. She really likes him. I thought that was me. No, I think she likes him more than me. I think she's going to invite him to Christmas. Well, I figured she liked him more than you. <laughs> Uh, I find some of the story, the Avengers stories, boring and dull. But you two really, you two really, really got me hooked. Y'all's commentary and personal stories made me laugh through the show. I still can't believe Jason or John bought so many long boxes. Oh boy! One of us got rid of most of those. Mm. One of us still has them. I uh, believe. To be fair, I've gotten rid of most of mine. I had like forty-three at one point. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and that's why you opened a comic book store. Yep. Uh, in short, a big thank you to both of y'all for making it fun. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for sending us. That is uh, incredibly nice of you to 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 say some to to say nice things about us. As a uh, person who works for the government, I so rarely get people saying nice things about me, right? Or I, anything I do. I need to go tell my wife that someone thinks I'm entertaining. <laughs> I don't think she'd buy it, <laughs> but I should also do the same with my husband. I don't think he'd buy it either. Mm. All right, Jason. I mean, I tried to. to to, to ward it off for as long as possible, but we have to talk about the crossing. Oh, yeah. I forgot that's what we're doing. How could you forget? Because I don't know what's going on. Well, Jason, I'm sure that this episode's issues will clear it all up for you. Oh, By the end yeah. of this, you're going to be... I'll be locked in. Yep. Got it. So we actually are starting this time with our Avengers issue. It's Avengers number 391 from October of 1995, written by Bob Harris and Terry Cavanaugh, penciled by Mike Deodato, and inked by Tom Palmer. It is called Shadows of the past. So apparently, I did not understand this, but apparently <laughs> Magdalene either. and the Swordsman have just been hanging out at this house in the Adirondacks that they had a picnic act two issues ago. Yep, I had no idea. Also, I, I hate when this book starts with like random people that don't have their costumes on and I can't tell who they are. Well, also what's weird is apparently the Swordsman wears, I don't know, approximately three times as many clothes when he's sleeping as he does when he's out at a picnic. <laughs> he's got some high-waisted boxer shorts on. So big. If you remember, he and you may not... diaper but, under there. <laughs> You may not remember, but I do. He had on a really tight little black Speedo the yeah, last time we saw yeah. him. And now he's got these on, and I don't like it. Magdalene wakes up. The swordsman is no longer beside her in bed. She's confused, and she looks out the window, and she sees him walking across the lawn. And into the jungle. The <laughs> jungle of New York. <laughs> Upstate New York is mostly jungle. I'm, I mean, I haven't been there probably, but I'm, I haven't been to the Adirondacks, mm -hmm. but I'm assuming it's a lot of jungle. Yeah. So he, Swordsman ends up in a clearing with Tuck again. And some other guy. A priest of Palma. Tuck talks about how, wait, what does he talk about? I, I don't know. Oh, he's talking to this elder guy and says, I told you he'd come. Is he not very like the one you lost? So he's like, I know this isn't the real Swordsman, but it's like, kind of looks like him, right? Yes, that's <laughs> mostly him. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> and then the priest, good grief, tells the Swordsman to go to where the heroes gather and ask, who mourns for Agafar? And I'm like, oh, stop it. I'm going to strangle you all. <laughs> so dumb. At Avengers Mansion, Black Widow, Hercules, and Dr. Pym are with the dying Gilgamesh, with Pym desperately trying to save the no longer Eternals' life. 
Pim says there's nothing he can do. Expect maybe build another homicidal robot if that will help in any way. <laughs> I got lots of metal laying around. And Gilgamesh is saying he never should have trained him because now his family is too dangerous. I will give Gilgamesh a pass on the assumption that he is delirious with pain and dying. <laughs> Plus he's like super jaundiced. He might be drunk. <laughs> um, but otherwise, all these people are so annoying. Uh, he, I, I love that throughout this, like, Pim is trying to pretend he's a medical doctor. Again! <laughs> I'm looking at these scanners and, like, they have buttons and stuff on them or something. Doesn't seem to be working. So, and, and also, when Gilgamesh says he shouldn't have trained him because now his family is too dangerous. Yeah. Uh, Whatever. Yeah. Again. Wh- whoever. Again, just tell the story. Stop hinting at a story and tell a story. The Avengers have also noticed that Marilla is missing. Vision is scanning for her. Quicksilver is scouring the city for her. Deathcry is scared and Crystal is comforting her. Vision pops out of the floor intoning that Jarvis should summon the rest of the team but refuses to say more. Other than it's not pleasant news, which you've pretty much given away the story right there. Yeah, exactly. Just tell us. I mean, apparently when, when he regained his emotions, he also regained his sense of the dramatic. <laughs> it's just more foreshadowing. We then switch. Also, we, I love this panel where Crystal's like the Vision rising out of the floor. You don't have to explain it to us. Everyone, you can see what's going on. Or introduce him. You're not the <laughs> MC of the living room. Uh, we then switch to the Wasp, who's at her lawyer's office, uh, who has found out. Or is this? Yeah, this is this is her lawyer. Oh, that's right. I believe she had lost all of her fortune in Avengers 390. We found out she was going bankrupt in the like prelude quickly. to this. Yes, and she was like, "Ha ha, I don't care." And we we now know, well, the lawyer now knows who's behind it. He shows the name to the wasp. It's Tony Stark. <laughs> but she doesn't tell us that. It's still a mystery. It's foreshadowing again. Like every second page is... It's some... foreshadowing. Back at the mansion, Vision is informing the Avengers that the bioscanner confirms that Marilla was murdered because it found her organic residue. I mean, he just shot her through the head. What did he throw in the furnace when he was done? Organic residue. So there's a blood streak. Apparently. Dr. Pym finds something as he's looking at the Vision's data, but won't tell anyone what it is. Of course not. And says he'll keep working on it. And Mike Deodoro wants to draw every third page sideways, which is driving me crazy because uh, I cannot find a reason for it. Yeah, we got to keep zooming in and read stuff. It's not as bad on Marvel Unlimited because they turn it for you. Yeah, but, but it, it makes it smaller. It makes it smaller. And I was reading this uh, in the actual original comics, so I had to keep turning uh, them. And I was just like, why do I have to keep turning these? Anywho, the Avengers are sad, and Pietro doesn't think T will help. Mm-hmm. Dr. Pym bursts in to let us know that what he found was the remains of a second victim, Yellow Jacket. They and, then, and they're like, wait, you? <laughs> <laughs> that, expl- they're like, well, that explains a lot. Did they find your handprint on Marilla's face? <laughs> <laughs> These women were slapped to death. <laughs> they then hear a cry from upstairs, and when they get up there, they find a little blue man in armor who calls himself Newt trying to finish off Gilgamesh. And when I say trying, he has thrust a harpoon, or no, that 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 axe from the, from the cover, I guess, yeah, I guess, has thrust it through Gilgamesh's chest. Uh, the Avengers attack Newt, but he holds them off, uh, waiting to make sure Gilgamesh will die. Uh, when Gilgamesh... Um, Gilgamesh just has time to utter more cryptic words to Crystal, and then he finally dies, and Newt uses his staff to drop through the floors in the mansion to the door where the vision awaits him. Because it's not a big secret where these people are coming and going from. When uh, Newt says the Vision and the Scarlet Witch have much to pay for, and then escapes through the door, which bars the Vision uh, as soon as it is shut. He can't get through it. Mm -hmm. 
even at no density. Afterwards, the Black Widow makes the decision to evacuate and close the mansion, and she calls Tony Stark to let him know that. Luna is clearly scared of Stark, but because she has horrible parents, they don't notice. She keeps saying whenever she sees him, bad man, bad man. They're like, yeah, yeah, we know. Like, whatever. (laughs) Shush, shush. Yes, capitalists are bad, Luna. It's okay. (laughs) Uh, And then everyone leaves the mansion. Like, she's clearly saying he's a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. So annoying. Hey, this is an Avengers issue, so you know what that means. Bullpen bulletins, which you don't have. But let me tell you about them, Jason. Okay. We get a Mark's Remarks comic. Comic. We get a Mark's Remarks column where Mark Remarks... Come on. You can do it. (laughs) I can't. I really can't. Mark Greenwald is arguing about whether Marvel really downsized their line. The last issue, he had talked about how their line was whatever whatever amount of comics they were printing was the right size for the Marvel line. And he was talking about how they were downsizing it. Some people apparently have written in and been like, well, you didn't really cancel that many titles. And what interests me is that Mark Greenwald says that each title receive somewhere between 10 and 500 letters a month, hmm. depending on the title. Between 10 and 500, that's a huge range. It's a huge range. But look, if you're publishing 100 comics issues a month, if you have 100 titles, as he said last issue, and you're only getting 10 letters a piece, that's still a piece, a piece, that's still 1,000 letters you're getting a month. Yeah. How and if, if you're you getting 500, that's a half a million. Yes. Who is, first that's of all, insane. and what title's getting 500 letters a month? I don't believe that for a second. But, um... He's uh, so we, it's actually like a, he knows the number. It's somewhere between 10 and 500. It's actually 43. Every title is getting 43 letters. <laughs> we also see. So for the for, you know, ever since. Um, oh, my gosh. Ever since the, the last editor in chief before Tom DeFalco. Why can't I remember his name? Tall man. From uh, Pittsburgh. Jim Shooter. Since Jim Shooter left as editor in chief, Tom DeFalco had been editor in chief. But we now find out that Marvel doesn't do their editor in chief that way. They have broken down Marvel into five different fiefdoms. They have executive editors now? They each have an editor-in-chief. Each editor-in-chief now oversees 12 titles. Well, this is where it's all falling apart. Exactly, because then you don't... Calling... Having five editors-in-chief means you have no editor-in-chief. Exactly. You have to have someone overseeing everything. Uh, And also, if you break all of your books down into five little groups, five groups of 12, it means that you're not going to have the same coherence throughout the Marvel Universe. You'll have a lot of coherence amongst those 12 books, but you're not going to have any coherence outside of that. I mean, you can argue in the 90s how much coherence you had even within this 12, but whatever. (laughs) Within each individual issue. Yeah. Uh, And then he argues, because Marvel, he had said that Marvel was the only comics company that offered the bulk of their titles for $1.50. And someone wrote in and said, that's not true. Uh, The letter writer said, the bulk of your books are $1.95. I'm so glad that we spend this much time arguing over 45 cents. Well, if you notice on the cover of the issues of Avengers, it says still $1.50. Well, and he said, yeah, you're, you're right. I was wrong. The majority of the titles I edit hmm. are $1.50, which takes us right back to the whole maybe 12 or yeah. five chiefdoms. isn't and, and him not knowing what's going on with the other ones. Yeah. So he said 31 of their titles in the month of August were $1.50. Uh, he should have said that Marvel is the only company offering any of its titles for $1.50. Ouch. Wow. So shows you letter writer. Yeah. Oof. Uh, and then he, asks, then, he, then he asks for letters for his column that aren't complaints. <laughs> That's not how it works. Good luck, Mark Grunewald. Yeah. How long have you been in this business? 
Jeez. Uh, and then they promote Captain America number 445, FF Unlimited number 2, and Forceworks number 17. And I do want to point out that Captain America, who's not in this very much, is having a grand old time in his title because this is the Mark Wade Ron Garney issues. And if you haven't read the Mark Wade Ron Garney issues that come before event or before Heroes Reborn, you should. They're amazing. Is he a werewolf yet? Long past werewolf. No, that's what they are really good, truly excellent issues. Mark Wayne and Ron Garney, and it's one of those things where you're, it's such a shame that Heroes Reborn interrupts their run. They come back after it, but it, the magic's gone. Those are fine issues after it, but these issues are excellent. You should read them. All right. Any other comments about this comic? No. Moving what else, on. What else do we have to talk about? Iron Man number 321 from October of 1995, written by Terry Cavanaugh, penciled by Heiter Oliveira and Marcos Tatilli, and inked by Mark McKenna, called Sci-Fi, but it's P-S-I. Oh. Fi. Whatever. Tony Stark and Henry Pym are working on figuring... Just, is that different somehow? Well, because we get uh, a character here who has psionic powers. Ah, gotcha. Tony Stark and Henry Pym are working on figuring out the door in Avengers Mansion. They have no luck. They can't breach it. A woman named Susie Endo has arrived in America to work for Stark. We'll see more of her in Forceworks. Stark calls Forceworks to tell them he's coming over tomorrow with someone for them to meet. Is it Susie Endo? It is Susie Endo. <laughs> Stark calls the Avengers, who are staying at the Wasp's mansion, to inform them that he's made no progress on the door. Uh, Hercules answers the phone. Is he surprised that Wasp still has a mansion? <laughs> he's like, wait, didn't I get rid of that? <laughs> uh, Hercules offhandedly mentions the warning he got from one mysterious blonde or another in one issue or another, <laughs> which sets Stark off on another train of thought as he wonders if it's who he saw last issue because he's also seen a blonde woman. There's been so many blonde women, probably just one blonde woman, but she keeps changing her look. Yeah. Uh, Stark is looking at the security tape to try to figure out who killed Marilla, but it's damaged and blurry. He's almost got it to the point where it's obviously him when the power <laughs> goes out, uh, the backups kick in, and then he does realize it's him and he blacks out again. When he comes to, he's in Pim's bedroom. Ooh. Hey, what's saucy. going on? Hank Pym seems to be dead. Uh, Tony Stark leaves the room to find out what happened and is attacked by Marianne Rogers. Marianne Rogers is the woman that escaped from the insane asylum last issue. The blonde woman. The different blonde woman. The different blonde woman. Marianne Rogers was a love interest for Tony Stark, who eventually went insane, shot him in the spine, and she's the one that paralyzed him. And got put in a... In, in, he got better. Yeah, he got better. Put him in an asylum. Uh, she has some... My, well, she had in the past some mild telepathy. It apparently is much stronger now. She's attacking him with her telepathy and telekinesis, claiming that it was the evil she found in his head that drove her insane, which I think is a, again, fascinating idea. I like that idea a lot. That's what all my ex-girlfriends said to me, too. <laughs> Rogers has him wounded and trapped when she is knocked out by someone with Madame Mask's mask on, who's calling herself just Mask. Meanwhile, Hank Pym wakes up from a nightmare to find the evidence of the fight in the mansion between Stark and Marianne Rogers. That's Iron Man. Then we go to Forceworks number 17 from November of 1995, written by Dan Abden and Andy Lanning, penciled by Jim Chung, inked by Ray Garcia, called Cybermancy. Oh, boy. A 16-year-old kite maker in Vietnam is touched by a man, and neither of them ever existed. Wait, back up. She was touched by a man? He was touched by a, it's a kite maker. <laughs> Oh, a, man, oh, a male oh, kite maker. Oh, oof. Two, two men okay. being touch, touching each other. Or one of them touching the other. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> a woman named Cybermancer is finding Iron Man and U.S. agent in the vroom room. Mm -hmm. uh, Iron Man says she's replacing Sentry on the team. 
At the Forceworks meeting, the Scarlet Witch is very unhappy that Iron Man is just adding a new member to the team without discussion. Kind of like again, when, when U.S. Agent joined West Coast Avengers. And again, Scarlet Witch is supposed to be the leader of this team. Yep. Iron Man tells, her, uh, tells them that Cybermancer is Susie Endo. No. Apparently she'd been in the Iron Man title before as, as Susie Endo, but not as Cybermancer. I have no idea. I don't, I don't remember that. Stark then tells them about the murders of Marilla and Yellowjacket and shows them doctored security monitor footage that, proving that Hawkeye was the killer. <laughs> wow. Iron Man says the team is going to find Hawkeye and bring him in. Wanda says, no, they're not. U.S. agent will find Hawkeye and convince him to come in peacefully because apparently the two of them are now besties. Yeah. The kite maker is in a forest and in pain and some people find him. Uh-huh. I can't explain what's happening in this subplot. Okay. The agent, U.S. agent, meets Clint. But as anyone who's ever seen popular culture could guess, Iron Man and Cybermancer had followed the agent and they attack. Uh, oh, Clint follows the cliche handbook. He assumes the U.S. agent is part of this, knocks the agent out, and then Cybermancer knocks Clint out. And the Moonraker mystery continues. Uh, U.S. agent Iron Man and Cybermancer come back with the unconscious Hawkeye and the Scarlet Witch hits the roof, kicking Tony off the team. Which is weird because they're, I mean, she can do that. I guess she's the leader, but they're in his base. So, I mean, he paid for everything. <laughs> Who's going to pay for it now? They go to find Moonraker, who points out that Vietnam is no longer on the map. And and everyone's like, what's Vietnam? Yes, no one else on the team remembers Vietnam ever existed. Uh, The U.S. agent's watching over Hawkeye, and then he calls Jim Rhodes. And the Scarlet Witch, Spider-Woman, and Moonraker uh, go to Cambodia to check out weird energies, but their ship is attacked on the way by hundreds of flying black shapes. And that's how Forceworks ends. So... Do you feel like you understand this any better? Well, no, because they haven't told us who the bad guys are yet. Well, Iron Man is the bad guy. Oh, right. Or Hawkeye is the bad guy, depending on who you believe. Or the blonde woman's the bad guy. I don't know. Before we get into to the uh, before we end the episode, I wanted to talk about another person on Instagram who is always sending me very nice notes. Uh, Dante Mikhail James, who had a question for us. For us. If you were to recommend a run of any comic to read what would be your first recommendation any comic right that's a big question i told him that if i'm going to recommend a comic for someone i mean first you kind of want to know what do they like yeah i mean it'd be all over the place yeah and then you want to and then it's hard i mean what i recommend would probably change depending on what day it was yeah what i'm looking at and the other problem is that some of the comics that I really like, like I love James Robinson's Starman, but the first arc is not the best. Yeah. And unfortunately, you need to read through the early issues because it builds to what's really good in, in, you know, later on. Yeah. And I think a lot of the stuff that like you and I might like individually, we like because of previous continuity. So it's kind of hard to just like, oh, you should read this run, even though you don't know anything about. Because <laughs> we, you know, we love the Siege of Avengers <clears throat> Mansion. Sure. But if you don't, I mean, there's a lot of character work in there as well. Yeah. And if you don't understand what's going on with the Wasp and Hercules and, and Black Knight and the Wasp and, you know, all of these people, then you don't really get the full impact. Uh, I would also say, like I, I had suggested, you know, I'm a huge fan of Usanga Yojimbo and everyone says Grasscutter is the best arc. And it's a wonderful storyline. But again, if you don't know the characters, yeah. if I'm going to throw you in the middle of Grasscutter, I feel like you're going to be very confused. Yeah, I mean, when I owned when I owned my comic book store, it was easier if someone's like, "Oh, you know, I like this book. What else do you recommend that's kind of like this?" And you could go off on, you know, "Oh, hey, why well, if you like that, why don't you try Scott Pilgrim?" Or if you like this book, why don't you try Fables? Or like, there's so many other different 
connections you can make from title to title that like finding a run is so like, I, and what I recommend like Squadron Supreme because it's kind of a standalone thing. I was just thinking that. I think that's an excellent recommendation. Mark Greenwald's 12 issue Squadron Supreme uh, miniseries okay. is really good. And you don't really need to know who those characters are no. going into it. And I feel like if you like that, then I'd recommend... If you like that, I'd recommend Warren Ellis' first authority run. Or His like, first authority run is amazing, and you don't need to... Kn- I, I went into it not knowing who any of these people were, and I think it works really well. And then from there, you could go to like the first volume of Astro City. Sure. Like any, it, yeah, you could pick any volume of Astro City, really, because most of that doesn't build on what's come before. Most of it is standalone. Uh, I would also recommend if to try Matt Fraction's Sex Criminals because if you like the first run I would t- I would pick the first the first trade paperback if you like that chances are you're going to like the rest of the series and if you I, don't like that you are not going to want to read the rest of the series I would also recommend Matt Fraction and Ed Brubaker's Iron Fist yes that's a very good suggestion mm-hmm. uh, it's so good and you don't but again we're taking like beginnings of titles like if, let's let's pull a chunk of a, of a run out of something else I like, think like Serpent Society run out of Captain America. I think you can do that. I think you can read the early Serpent Society issues in Captain America and you don't need to know anything else from that title. Yeah. Or uh, I would recommend John Byrne and Roger Stern's run on Captain America, which you can read on its own and you don't need to know anything else. Or as I just did, read the Mark Wade Ron Garney run of Captain America. I don't want to keep peek, peek, I don't mean to keep picking Captain America, but for some reason it feels like you can pick out runs on that title yeah. and they, you know, you don't need you could pick J.M.D. Mateus' uh, Craven's Last Hunt stuff from uh, Spider-Man. Craven's Last Hunt, always amazing. Yeah. Uh, I would argue that you could you could probably pick out, it's only two issues, but I would also say Roger Stern's um, Amazing Spider-Man with the Juggernaut and Spider-Man. Really good couple of issues, r- really strong. I'm trying to think of other stuff that we read. Uh, I think you can read Armor Wars <clears throat> in Iron Man. Without reading what came before or, or, or knowing much about it. You want to read something ridiculous? Find the little, what's it, like two, three issues of the Defenders, the Defenders for a Day storyline? Yep. <laughs> Defenders for a Day is great fun. And you really, again, don't need to know. No, they throw so many weird characters at you, you couldn't possibly know them all anyway. But Avengers is hard. To pick an Avengers, he didn't say it had to be an Avengers. But yeah. to pick an Avengers storyline that, that really, I mean, maybe The Crossing? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, oh boy. We're both looking at your bookshelf now trying to figure out the, what we've forgotten. There's so many things. I would I would say you could, if you wanted something, again, that's not superheroes, you could read, read The Great Cow Race in Bone, which is pretty much divorced from the rest of the continuity of that title, and I think is really good. I, I don't know. Hey, have you heard of Saga? You could read Saga. <laughs> <laughs> now we're just recommending titles. <laughs> I, I think we've covered this. I, I, think yeah. we, I think we got a good chunk of stuff there for people I, to... I mean, it's it's always fun to talk about comics that we love. And I feel like, you know, that's part of why we, we did year one for a short time. Because the idea was... And I would also say you could read the first run of the Umbrella Academy. Because that's really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, I, I, we went on a Matt Fraction kick there. We left out Fraction's Hawkeye run. Yeah. When Kate Bishop becomes... Yeah. Other, other Hawkeye. You really don't need to know anything about Hawkeye going into that run. Yeah. You'll know everything about Hawkeye you need to know. As, as those issues happen. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard with comics and a shared continuity in Marvel or, like Marvel or DC because so often you need to have... I feel like I need to recommend a few DC comics, but I'm <laughs> completely blanking on runs of DC comics that I would recommend. Oh, that's funny. I forgot about Damage Control. That's like a standalone thing. Yeah. 
tells uh, at the time it came out, I thought a fascinating part of Marvel that you would not have have thought about. Though I think you'd want to read the the first one stands alone the best. The second one is oh, yeah. so kind of it kind of builds on the first one. Yeah, plus yeah, it it deals with uh, acts of vengeance and what's your what's your DC one? I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I've read DC comics. Probably something with Flash. Um. What was the storyline with Wally West? I'm. Was the story? Was it Jeff Johns that did? No, who was the one that like redid his Rogues Gallery? I think that was Jeff Johns. Was it Jeff Johns? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, or I'd recommend any Mark Wade flashes, but I can't think of a specific run in the Mark Wade run or sp- that I would I would pull up. Maybe the Return of Barry Allen, but I mean, Ugh. if you don't really know Barry Allen, then you're kind of. It's a good. It's a good story, but it really, re- it really requires you to know more about the characters about barry allen and wally west and to an extent jay garrick that you don't know without it that's wow why is dc so hard i've written i've i've written i've read a lot of dc comics even some just recently i am i i feel like dc a lot just goes on and on like they don't have story arcs necessarily that you can be like oh well that's the that's this six issue run from Green Arrow or something that would. I'm sh- I'm sure a lot of people could that that have read more of them could pick out one of Scott Snyder's run on Batman like a run there within Scott Snyder's, but I'm I haven't read all of them, and I like Scott Snyder's Batman, but I don't know that I, I'm not sure that there is a Batman run that I adore. I like Batman, <clears throat> obviously. I mean, who doesn't like Batman? But yeah. like, if you're like, what's your favorite Batman run? I don't know. I I uh, <laughs> hush. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> there's not one that I think really stands out. I mean, there's some that I think are really bad, but there's not. You could do the uh, the the Denny O'Neill uh, Neil Adams Green Lantern Green Arrow the hard traveling heroes run. Oh, man, have you read that recently? Mm, no, it does not. That is so heavy. It's very seventies, so late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. Hey, drugs are bad. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we've treated we've treated indigenous people poorly, and I'm <laughs> not saying this isn't true. I'm just saying it's like don't, beat you over the head with a hammer. Is there like a magical Negro in there somewhere? Don't they Probably, do that yeah, trope? I think so. Thank you for asking the question. Yeah. And I um, I, I encourage other people to 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 write in to, you know. Stump us. <laughs> either say nice things about us or ask us questions. Oh, yeah. I always want to hear nice things about us. Tell me yeah. more. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we really want is if you can just help feed our egos and make us feel like we're you know worthwhile people. We just want to do a podcast where we can read all the comments. Like that's the whole episode. Ah, <laughs> oh, John, they think your voice sounds nice. Oh, that's nice. When we finish volume one of the Avengers, that's what we're pivoting to. It's an all compliment podcast. <laughs> it's gonna go through and read the comments on every Instagram post from that year. <laughs> it's all the ones telling us to like repost on reality records or whatever. <laughs> oh my god. gosh. Uh, the bots, the bots. Oh boy. So, hey, uh, if you want to get in touch with us to ask us more questions, our email address is avenginghour at gmail.com. You can also leave comments on our Instagram posts. Uh, our Instagram handle is at the avenging hour. Um, we'll be back with more The Crossing next week. Thanks for listening. Um, we'll be back with more The Crossing next week. Thanks for listening.